We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in. But why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome into this Monday morning edition of the Oxford Exxon podcast. Chase Parm, Neil McCready. He is in the revamped Clark Ford studio. I am at home this morning, a little sick, so... Um, a couple different reasons we are doing this remotely, but it was going to be audio only, so you guys are not missing anything from this decision here today. We hope we are back in uh, in the studio for a normal stream, a normal show tomorrow as we get going on Tuesday. But for today, this is podcast only, so appreciate you guys checking in. Some news going on. You've got Ole Miss. Uh, you, you've known about it for a while. You know the name, but Ole Miss officially announces their new offensive line coach, John Garrison replacing Jake Thornton at that OL spot. We'll talk about that. Uh, the basketball team that won over the weekend. And then some notes around college athletics as well. Good bit of stuff going on here on this morning. The podcast brought to you every single day by the Oxford Exxon Highway 6 West in Oxford. Check in to the blue sky. You know about the lunch specials. They change every single day. But no matter the day, you get any size fountain drink. You get uh, some bread and more there with the Oxford Exxon. Also, let them take care of dinner tonight. Still kind of a messy week. Some more rain coming. Wet or dry ribs, ready to go. Call ahead. They'll be there wrapped up for you to pick up and take home and feed the uh, the family whatever day you choose there with the Oxford Exxon. Again, coming to you from the Clark Ford studio. We are Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi. 662-257-1900 is the number. Call it. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for, and he'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. It's right to the bottom line. There's no hassle. There's no haggle. You get to quote. The rest is completely up to you. You can shop that quote around, or you can do what I've done, what I recommend that you do, and that's hop into a Clark Ford today. 662-257-1900. Again, great service, great product. The people at uh, Clark Ford, they want to be your car guy. They want to be your truck guy. They'll prove it to you when you make the call. 662-257-1900. Guests will join on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline. Rafters Music and Food on the square in Oxford, great place to grab a um, burger, a po' boy. You watch some of the bowl games that get started on uh, Friday, actually. So uh, there's a lot there at uh, at 
At Rafters, it's also a great place for your Christmas party or gathering. They can accommodate parties of 10 to 500. There's great food with a Cajun flair, holiday drinks, and a festive atmosphere. Call Jeannie at 601-842-0948 to request a catering menu and reserve a date. So as we uh, start this morning, obviously everybody's thoughts and minds with uh, Mike Leach, the Mississippi State head football coach, who is, um, again, it's 829 a.m., so I feel like timestamp is somewhat important here as we uh, as we start the show today. He is in the uh, UMC or the University Medical Center there in Jackson. He had a uh, an incident, at a, a medical incident at his home yesterday morning. He was uh, air-flighted to Jackson from the Octubal County Hospital where he, uh, he started, and he remains in a very critical condition there. At last word as of 829 this morning. So again, just uh, thoughts that really has kind of overtaken the sports world over the last 18 hours or so um, on, on a number of level, levels. You know, we, we had heard about there was some rumors of potential sickness that involved him, maybe leading up to the Egg Bowl week. A lot of stuff had kind of gone around. I have no idea if this is connected to that in any way. And frankly, it doesn't matter. It's about a very sick person, a uh, a, a just a remarkable character in college football human always has so many interests and interesting things to say i mean really it's kind of changed the sport in some different ways from from that where everybody's so serious and everything all the time you get a completely different uh, dynamic with with mike leach so uh just again he's on everybody's minds here this uh this morning that's what we know as of now um like i know a little more i'm gonna avoid that on a podcast for the most part uh just yeah it's just a terrible thing um no i can't remember i was somebody asked me yesterday and i'm tr- tr- trying to be careful how i even phrase this but you get what i'm saying when is the last time that a sitting head coach was in this level of peril from a from a, a sports standpoint not even not not even necessarily college football but just in general when when, when is the last time I re- you recall something like this i didn't thought about it um because somebody mentioned Marshall in 71, but that was a lot of the team. That was a plane crash that wasn't just one person like this. Yeah, I remember when I was a kid, uh, Bo Rain or Bo Ryan, I can't remember how you pronounced his name, was the sitting LSU coach, and he died in a plane crash out recruiting somewhere over North Carolina, if I recall correctly. Um, That was in the 70s? I'm almost positive. Um. Someone said Bear Bryant, but Bear Bryant had retired. He coached his final game. He died literally days later. He, he coached he coached the Liberty Bowl against Illinois, if I recall correctly. I was a huge Alabama fan as a kid. Um, I was in the seventh or eighth grade at the time. I remember the day that that he died. I found out after basketball practice. Um, but he he had he had retired. I'm sure there's someone that we're just forgetting here. Well, yeah, sure. I've done no research at all. Um, but I'm I'm having a hard time remembering a, a sitting head coach passing away while still on the job. And again, I, as we as we record this, Mike Leach, to our knowledge, has not passed away. But at this point, it it's going to take a miracle. Um, that's per multiple sources yeah i feel i feel safe saying that um yeah i don't know chase that's a luckily 
bunch of names don't just immediately come to mind, right? That's a good thing that uh, a, a job as stressful as these jobs are for people. A lot of times these guys aren't in the greatest shape in the world because of the time demands on them. Um, it's a good thing, I suppose, that you look at it and you're like, oh, there's not a litany of names that immediately come to mind as, as guys who uh, passed away while still employed in that job. So that's that's probably a positive thing because I can tell you that there are people in the coaching business who I've spoken to who uh, this is not about Mike Leach. This is just about their, their field who I've spoken to who have made comments to me not, and they're not complaining for anybody does the woe is me thing. I'm, I'm, I'm not, and I'm not toting the water for football coaches for goodness sake, but there are football coaches who are like, you know, the way that the recruiting calendar has become, you just never get a break. It's not, and it's not, about even spending time with your family. It's about, hey, getting into an exercise regiment, getting, um, having an opportunity to just get healthy, uh, to clear your mind a little bit. Um, there are, there are coaches in the field that, that are looking at it and saying one of two things, either a, I, I've got to think about doing something different, whatever that is for most of those people. That's where the, the first roadblock comes up is they say, this is all I've ever done. I've coached football. And so how do you get out of coaching football and doing something completely different without a massive payday? I can tell you there are a lot of coaches out there that look at Matt Luke and go, that guy figured it out. Now, Matt Luke got a huge payday from Ole Miss um, when he got fired. He went to Georgia and worked at a pretty high salary for, I don't know, two, three seasons, but walked away. Walked away saying this is this is not what I want to do. This is I'm I'm not I'm not happy. I mean, the the night of I feel I feel like I can say this now. The night of Matt Luke reaching the pinnacle of his profession, uh, assistant head coach, offensive line coach at Georgia, the night that they won the national championship in Indianapolis, they beat Alabama. His family's there. Uh, you know, the down on the field, the confetti and all the stuff. And you go to the post game and you have a, there's a big post game party at the team hotel in Indianapolis. He really didn't get to attend that party. He spent most of that night in a, in the hotel talking to at least one. And I think two families that were thinking hard about entering the transfer portal. He spent that night recruiting his own players. The night they win the title. The night they win the title, and people say, "Well, I mean, you know, woe is you." And I, I, again, I'm because I've gotten that reaction from people, and I, I don't really understand it. But okay, I'm not, I'm not saying poor Matt Luke or poor football coaches having to work. We all have to work. I mean, we all have demands on our jobs. But you know, I, I don't, I don't think it's an unreal expect, an unrealistic expectation for people in any field outside of perhaps being the president of the United States or the leader of a country, I don't think it's an unrealistic expectation to expect to occasionally have some time off. Yeah, I think more and more, and we talked about it, it's become a young man's sport with college football. I mean, the money is the money. So you're always going to have people that, that, that want that, but after they get a little bit of it, now, some of us are wiring, too. There's guys who just, like you said, they can't put it away. They have a hard time figuring out what it would look like if I didn't do this. I mean, they have to almost kind of be taught to slow down. So there's a lot of elements to it there. 
And you, you mentioned this just to finish the thing, Bo Ryan. <clears throat> so it was R-E-I-N, but it was pronounced Ryan, as you said. He uh, he had assumed the role as head coach at LSU after the t- 1979 season, and then he was killed in an aircraft accident in January of 1980 before he ever coached a game. So, yes, he, he, he never was on the sidelines as a head coach, but he was technically the head coach at LSU at that he point. Had come, he had come there from NC State, maybe? That is correct, yes. He was at NC State for four seasons prior to that. So, he's a football and baseball head coach during his uh, during his tenure. So, yeah. There's a... I remember that. I remember it pretty vividly. I was 10 years old. Yeah, he was in a Cessna 441. Yeah, they were flying in bad weather, if I remember right. And I think they found them. I can't remember whether that was part. Of, I, I don't remember. There was a lot there. I remember being really interested in it and reading the newspapers and stuff like that. It is very similar to the, uh, it looks like they had the whole deal where um, they had the cabin depressurization, which made them go unconscious. Uh Payne very Stewart. similar to how Payne Stewart passed away. Yeah, that's where I was trying to get to. There, um, very very similar, and in, in, in that way, best I can, uh, best I can tell. So, who who replaced him? Bill Arnsberger? Uh, I don't know. I can find out, but don't know. I mean, our trip down LSU <laughs> is history. Um, well, you know, you, you did say Will Wade has a podcast now. So I did not. Well, good for him. I mean. No, I didn't, but good for him. I mean, it probably would be a good podcast. Probably does a good job. Yeah, somebody sent it to me the other day. I, I forget what network has it, but he is uh, he 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 has a podcast. That's what Will's doing these days. So there's a uh, there's that. I guess you would say. Uh, yes, just to answer your question as we moved on. Uh, no, Jerry Stovall replaced Bo Ryan as LSU. Oh, Jerry Stovall. Yeah, Jerry Stovall um, went. 22 and 21 in three seasons or four seasons or something like that. So, Jerry Stovall. Uh, Jerry Stovall had coached at Louisiana Tech at one point, if I recall correctly. I don't know. All that re- all that runs together in my childhood memory bank. So I've got a lot of stuff here. I'll hit this, then we'll go to break, and I'll grab a couple other things. Uh, big story coming out of Austin, Texas this morning. Uh, Texas basketball coach Chris Beard – Arrested early Monday. When I say early Monday, I mean 4.18 a.m. in Austin for, quote, assault on a family household member. He also apparently was preventing the victim from breathing is how it was written. But that means he was strangling a human. Uh, He was booked with a third degree felony. And Jeff Ketchum, as of a few minutes ago, so talking about as of 8.30, still had not bonded out, which I found kind of interesting. Um, They had not gone through any of that 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 situation or process or whatever that looks like. Uh, he obviously is coaching Texas, which was number two in the country prior to losing to Illinois last week. I don't know what they're ranked right now, but the uh, 49-year-old basketball coach who was at Texas Tech for a while prior to Texas, huge name in their profession. Um, I mean, I, I get the whole innocent and proven guilty thing, but it was going to take something here. You have to think Texas uh, is probably considering the fact that Chris Beard has coached his final game as a Longhorn, right? I mean, look, unless there's some sort of explanation that he can give that changes everything, 
I'm having a hard time coming up with that in my mind at this point. Unless you could somehow come up with. It would almost have to be self-defense. And I, I don't. I don't know the details here, so. Yeah, we're. Yeah. Just, but I mean, it, but if it's on the, if it's as it is on face, it's hard to see. If no, he's he's coached his final game. But look, if it's if it's as it is on face, I mean, he's got bigger concerns than his employment as the basketball coach at the University of Texas. Well, that's a good point. He has a legal situation that is has a felony next to it. Yeah, he's got his freedom needs to be his bigger concern. You know, we talk about this all the time. I mean, just because people are really good coaches doesn't mean they're good people. And it doesn't mean they're smart people. It just means they're good at coaching. Mm-hmm. They're good at getting players, getting out of the way. He took Texas Tech to within a hair of a national title, left for Texas and I remember when he left for Texas thinking this is not a move that he wants to make. This oh. is a move that he's making because of money. I remember thinking that. I remember someone telling me that, that that was not a move that he really wanted to make, which makes you wonder if that was created some family strife. I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. I Hopefully nobody was physically harmed. And I hope he gets the help that he needs. But, yeah, you would have to bet that for guys like Ketchum and stuff that are covering Texas, today's going to be a long day. Yeah, and I'll go through that a little bit. But I I found some of that kind of interesting there. uh, His reading, just kind of where that process had played out as of of now. But, again, he was booked 418 this morning um, or arrested at 418 this morning. Third-degree felony is what that technically is there as he was uh, assaulting a household or family member and had a strangulation tied to that as uh, as well. So, all right, some college football stuff, including locally here at, at Ole Miss. In a second, we do, I'll tell you, the podcast brought to you by the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation. Rebels, as you know, headed to Houston to play Texas Tech, the Red Raiders, and the 2022 Tax Act Texas Bowl. It's December 28th at 8 o'clock Central Time for that one. You can um, take advantage of ticket sales. That's going on now at OleMissTix.com for that. And then just a reminder of the calendar year coming to an end. Consider supporting Ole Miss Athletics with the year-end giving to help sustain their momentum they have going for, for information on ways to give to Ole Miss Athletics. You can visit the websites at give2athletics.com or championsnowolemiss.com or also call the office 662-915-7159. But, yeah, with December 12th now, still a few weeks to uh, take advantage of some things to uh, help out some some tax situation there, if you will. With Ole Miss Athletics again, that is 662-915-7159. We're also brought to you by Walk-On Sports Bistro that put everything they've got into bringing you game day with the taste of Louisiana. Dig into their mouth-watering, made-from-scratch Louisiana cuisine like po'boys, gumbo, voodoo shrimp, plus enjoy fan favorites like juicy burgers, fresh salads, all in front of 70-plus TVs, 40-plus ice-cold beers on tap. I was actually in the Walk-Ons in Ridgeland on a Saturday afternoon between soccer games. Uh, great service. It was a lot of fun. Food was fantastic. I had the redfish uh, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. I, I had, uh, to be totally honest, I had sort of low expectations. I just was grabbing something that sounded remotely healthy. It was fantastic. So visit the uh, the walk-ons in Ridgeland or Oxford uh, today. Uh, if you love free stuff 
There's a, a huge holiday giveaway for my friends at Dead Soxy. Um, yeah, I'm making sure that I'm reading the right thing. I'm, I'm on different computers and that we've been moving around. Uh, if you, uh, you know what? I'm going to stay away from this because I'm not positive that I've got the right reader here. So it's just deadsoxy.com, promo code Rebel Grove right now, and you get 30% off. That's it. That's not available to everyone. Chase knows what I'm dealing with. We, I've got multiple computers. We're dealing with an ergonomically odd setup here for right now, uh, doing Zoom. So deadsoxy.com, promo code Rebel Grove, get 30% off. It's a great way to get all your stocking stuffers. And um, for, you know, friends, family, for yourself, deadsoxy.com. The College Corners, your one-stop rebel shop, two locations in the Jackson area in Ridgeland. It's next to Fleet Feet and Flowood. It's next to Half Shell. You can also go to collegecornerstore.com and find them on Facebook and Instagram with the largest selection of rebel gear in central Mississippi. We're brought to you by The Rogue. It's your destination for fine men's clothing, 4450 I-55 North in Jackson or therogue.com. And we're brought to you by Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating, different names, same great products and services. If you live in Oxford, Tupelo, or the surrounding area, call Comer 662-801-1777. If you live in Hernando, Memphis, or the surrounding area, call Southern 662-429-4429. A-Stock Auctions is a Nashville-based online auction company with the mission to provide customers the power to name their price. All items at A-Stock start at just a dollar. Every item starts at $1. Shop now at astock.bid or download their app. Name your price on thousands of items from big-name retailers. A-Stock Auctions has multiple locations around Nashville that offer local pickups, so don't miss out. If you want it, bid it, win it. Podcast also brought to you by Style Assembly, Oxford's newest women's boutique on the square. Uh, clothing, jewelry, shoes, purses, sunglasses, accessory, and much more. Folks at Style Assembly know what a pain it is for guys to shop for ladies, so that's why they simplify the process with wish lists. Just have her fill out a list at the store or over the phone. Kate, the owner, her team will keep it on file. So all you have to do is call in or stop by, choose something off the list that's on file, and you get the exact gift that she wants down to the correct colors and sizes. They'll even gift wrap it for you for free. It's perfect for Christmas, birthdays, anniversaries, Mother's Days, and all special occasions. They can also ship straight to your door if you don't live near Oxford. Also, don't forget to have gift cards. If she doesn't know what she wants just yet, they never expire and can also be gift wrapped. So stop by the store on the square. That's 203 North Lamar next to Blind Pig and Frock. Or call them 662-638-3163. You can also DM them at Shop Style Assembly on social media to place an order there. So Ole Miss makes it official over uh, the weekend. John Garrison, the new offensive line coach for the Rebels. He comes from North Carolina State, again, replacing Jake Thornton who is headed to Auburn. <clears throat> uh, Garrison has been with Lane before. He was a the run game coordinator, offensive line coach in 2018 at Florida Atlantic. He was at NC State 2019 through this past season in 2022. Prior stops including uh, UNLV at Nebraska, which is, uh, which is his alma mater. Uh, offensive line coach there, 13-14. Offensive uh, assistant offensive line coach, tight ends coach, 11-12. And then he interned there as well. He started out as a high school coach in Missouri. He was a uh, team captain and a center on one of their BCS National Championship game appearances. I guess he was maybe Eric Crouch's center. Do I have that right? Yeah. I'm doing, uh, doing kind of math in my head. That's a piece of information I did not know. I know that he is very highly thought of at Nebraska, and I think Nebraska had hoped to bring him onto their staff. And – um. He elected to to go to Ole Miss instead. 
Okay. That's my understanding yeah. at least. Yeah, he uh he's his eight his and this will be this next season will be his nineteenth year in coaching. But he was a four year letter winner for Frank Solich at Nebraska from ninety nine to two thousand two. Um all Big Twelve accolades as a junior and senior. Um, started as a true freshman as a long snapper and then was uh, the starting center and helped Nebraska to an appearance in the BCS National Championship game as a senior. So that would have been an 2 I guess that was a game won by Miami, if I have that right. Maybe I'm wrong on that. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. But anyway. your, your college football history knowledge is, is superior <laughs> to mine, I've decided. I, I can remember things from Louisiana in my, in my <laughs> pre-teen years, but maybe that's about it. It's a sign of age. But you're missing some of that. Okay. That's There's cool. a gap. Like, uh, Yes. Miami 37, Nebraska 14, the 2002 huh? Rose Bowl, which served as the BCS National Championship game. It's a game I don't remember. MVPs of the game, Ken Dorsey and Andre Johnson. What year was that? 2002. 2002. Yes. Or it was a 2002 game. It was the 2001 season. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I this is I, that Miami was team that's like maybe the then. best one ever put together, or whatever you know. Like it was all the dudes. Yeah, I was covering Auburn then. I don't. I was probably covering a. It was two thousand one season. Yeah. So where did Auburn go? Two thousand one. That was the year they won the. I guess I was getting ready to cover the. Citrus Bowl or the Capital One Bowl or whatever it was they called it at that time. I don't know. Beats me. Yeah. Uh, Miami's starting lineup in 2001, this is not all the players, but included Ken Dorsey, Clinton Portis, Najee Davenport, Jeremy Shockey, Andre Johnson, Kevin Beard, Brian McKinney, on uh, let's see, DJ Williams, Jonathan Vilma, Ed Reed, and Philip Buchanan. Ooh, it's a pretty good team. They were all on one team. Yeah, pretty good, pretty good club there. Might have even been the group. I I, I, I get them all because some of them mixed up. There was one year where like it was like Portis and Willis McGahee and even somebody else were all in the same backfield for Miami as well. Yes, during that era, I can't remember what specific year. They had it rolling. That's what I mean. I mean, you know, like, if you want to transition into something, what you can learn from that is kind of what you and I have talked about before, is just because you were once dominant doesn't mean you're going to stay dominant. It just means you were once dominant. I mean, go Miami, back. Nebraska, Tennessee, look, yeah. I mean, look at Miami. I mean, go back. That's 20 years, right? 20, 21, 22 years. They were the dominant program in college football. And they're nowhere close to that now, and there's no sign of them ever getting back there. Maybe they will. Never and ever are big words. It but was that 2001 team. They had Clinton Portis, Willis McGahee, and Frank Gore all on one team. It's a, it's a talented club. But again, <clears throat> nowhere close to that now. No, 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 no. And and even has lost a lot of the splash that it tried to have kind of going into this past season. You know what I mean? I mean, Van Dyke gets banged up. He wasn't very good against A&M. They fell flat quickly after all the, you know, the the, the crypto and the and the NIL or pay-for-play and all that stuff and all that whatever. And, I mean, they're, you know, who knows? We'll see what happens as it moves forward. But 
they've lost a lot of shine in a, in in one season. Even as you uh, as you look at it here, it's 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 kind of incredible. You know, I know you are the same way as me. You don't do resolutions, New Year's resolutions, because they're just a surefire way to fail like almost immediately and get down on yourself. I have one football New Year's resolution that I'm going to make. It's a simple one. I am not, I refuse, no matter how hard you try to bait me into it, I will not make sweeping assertions off week one in college football. I'm going to let it happen, and I'm going to look at it, and you're going to say, what would you think? And we'll say, I don't know. I need to see more. I need to see more. Because if you go back and you look at the Texas A&M-Miami game that night, you go, oh, there's a lot you can take from this. Turns out there was nothing you could take from that. Both teams were bad. Turns out, nothing. What was the take? Nothing. There was no take. If you're honest, looking back on it, you're like, no, they're both bad. But because you went into it with this expectation that Miami was good, when A&M shut Miami's offense down, you're like, oh, well, maybe A&M's okay. Nope. Turns out they're not. They are still recruiting at a very high level. Well, they are doing that. Texas A&M's recruiting at a very high level. I mean. Is Petrino still in the running for their OC job? Can we get that lucky to get Jimbo and Petrino next season as we as we, as we we do our SEC thing? So here's Jimbo's deal, if we're just being, if we're just being honest. Okay. They can't afford to fire him now. They just can't do it. Obviously, because if they were going to, if they were going to bite that they incredibly expensive bullet, they would have done it. But they've got to be thinking in the back of their minds at least, hey, if next season is like this season, we've got to start thinking about moving on. And if you're Jimbo, you have to know that. And then maybe he doesn't care. Because if I were in his shoes and I was going to make all that money, I'm not sure I'd care. But he's a competitive person. I know Jimbo a little bit. He's very competitive. He wants to win. He believes he believes it's not his fault. If you told me that they threw a whole bunch of money at a Bobby Petrino and said, come in and play, call plays, help put an offensive game plan together, help run this thing, and it gives Petrino an opportunity, and Petrino did a pretty good job at Missouri State, it gives Petrino an opportunity to get back on the big stage, albeit in a smaller role, and maybe rec- re- maybe be somewhat of a reclamation project moving forward. Mm. Um, I'd buy it. And if Jimbo got out of Petrino's way and just forget Bobby Petrino the man and just talk about Bobby Petrino the offensive guy, he's very good. He's a good football coach. No doubt. If you if you let him just run the offense, install a game plan, and call the plays, and Jimbo stayed out of the way and did the big picture stuff and recruited, and Jimbo is apparently a very good recruiter when you have the resources that AM has. I mean, it's hard to argue with the talent on their roster. Um I'd buy it. Now, here's the question. And if I'm Petrino, this would be the thing that would lend me pause. Okay, great. This all looks good on paper. In week one, when we're bogged down, are you going to try to take the play calling away from me? Or are you going to chill out and give this a moment to develop? And if the answer is no, I'm hey, it's yours. 
I'm out. I'm I'm just going to run the program. Okay. I mean, there's worse jobs than being the OC at Texas A&M with that res- that resource level. I mean, they just committed the number one running back in the country. And Petrino um, needs back in big time football if he's going to have one more shot at this thing. But if the answer is anything less than a resounding, oh, absolutely, it's yours. I've got to be careful because Jimbo Fisher's going to want like it's like it's it's kind of like being Hugh Freeze's offensive coordinator. The moment something goes wrong, he's going to want to put his hands all in it. And at that point, it's over. It's screwed. It's done. It doesn't work anymore, unless you kind of have a subservient um, mentality. And Bobby Petrino does not. No, not even a little bit. He's a really good football coach. I mean, everybody does the motorcycle stuff. I get it. A little tired at this point. He paid for that big time. One of the things people forget about Petrino is that before that happened at Arkansas, he had them rolling. I mean, they were good. That 2011 Arkansas team was so much better than it gets credit for being because it was in the same year as Alabama and LSU. Right. And we all do the Alabama LSU thing. But we, we, I mean, look, that was the year we all had our best Nils picks year because we just rode those three teams every single week. You picked you Arkansas for, and Ole Miss and I mean, Arkansas, Alabama, and LSU every week. People, exactly. In a normal year, a mortal year, that was an Arkansas team that would have been a contender. And it just happened to be, they just happened to be the third best team in a division. But you could argue they were one of the top, I don't know, 10 teams in the country. Under Patrino, oh, they were easily and, that they were. I mean, shit, yeah, they were that basically anyway. Yeah, so you know, they went we eleven had, and two. Their only losses were Alabama and LSU. People, people forget how good they were uh-huh. and how good he had them going. And this is the the point of it is that he's a really good football coach, and the game now, has not passed. It has not passed him by. They 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 still did some really creative things at Missouri State with, you know, inferior talent. Well, man, they scared the hell out of Arkansas this season. Yeah, no, and, and the point really is not the results. It's just like what yeah. he did. There, there are people who do the thing about, well, maybe the game's passed him by. I don't think so. Not him. I don't think so. I think offensively, if you gave him elite players and he would get those at Texas A&M, he might be dangerous. If I'm the rest of the league, I'm not talking about fans and media because people like you and me were like, give it to me because, hey, yeah, who sure. knows what might happen. But if I'm the rest of the league, I'm like, I don't know that that's what I want them to do. I kind of want Jimbo to stubbornly insist on doing his play calling again. Because I think what's happened with A&M is they're really predictable offensively. They are. I think think to the point that I think people know what's coming. What's what, what it looked like. It's absolutely what it looked like. Because, I mean, it, it it seemed like you and I could pick up trends, and if we're able to pick up trends, and everybody else knows exactly what's coming. I mean, that, that, that was that entire thing. Yeah. I mean, you know, had Houston just gotten that Arkansas team in 11, and they he, he'd have pulled off that upset, I mean, we would be having this conversation right now. And Ole Miss would have been the – Ole Miss would have been the giant killers. They wouldn't have gone to the Cotton Bowl. Arkansas, that is, not Ole Miss. I mean, 29-24, it was right there. It was 17-nothing, right? Wasn't it 17 nothing? 17 to nothing. Yeah. yeah. 
I'll tell you what it wasn't. Wasn't forty nine to ten. It wasn't forty nine to ten. That was a Arkansas team that went eleven and two, and they lost to Alabama thirty eight fourteen and lost LSU forty one seventeen. I mean, those two teams that season. Jeez, mm. oh, they were good. We saw both of those teams at Vault Hemingway. Yeah, we did. You we were like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Ole Miss wasn't playing the same sport with those teams. Yeah. That was the, <laughs> this is, whatever, yeah. Um, <laughs> I said, this is Ole Miss football. I got scolded. You did get scolded. Was that Joey? No, it was Daniel. Okay. Um, I probably would have told Joey to shut up. Okay. I should have um, told Daniel to shut up. Everybody was on edge that day. It was, it was, it was. It could have been whatever it wanted to be. Um, and looking back, I don't know why everybody at Ole Miss was on edge. I mean, it was what it was. You could see what was coming. I mean, you knew where it was going. It was a complete disaster. It was going. The coach was getting fired. Everybody knew it. I don't know why there was so much the drama around it. Yeah. Uh, Garrison, good hire for Ole Miss. Uh, makes sense. That's one that is not a surprise on any levels. It's been the front runner from the very beginning, and then um, he does, as you said, choose Ole Miss over some other different options there. I thought that it, it's it's had some weird results in media and kind of with fans. I thought Freeze put a good staff together over the weekend. He gets Philip Montgomery out of Tulsa as his OC. He gets Ron Roberts as the defensive coordinator who was at Baylor. Um, well, I mean, it was the defensive coordinator at Baylor when Ole Miss played him in the Sugar Bowl. Uh not bad. I mean, considering what the rest of his staff has been and how he's just gone and grabbed guys that he was familiar with from Ole Miss and Liberty, and it looked like he was completely putting the gang back together, he sort of surprised me in a good way with both those hires. I kind of looked at both of them and went, yeah, okay, I get it. I mean, now look, I don't think Roberts is a great recruiter um, at all. Um think – you know, Montgomery's kind of interesting, but he's from that Browse tree. They went heavy on that in a couple different ways. At, at a point where, and no offense to these two humans, but at a point where you were kind of wondering, hey, is he about to make Ken Austin and, and Wesley McGriff as coordinators coming out with Montgomery and Roberts, you kind of go, okay, all in all, that's a that's a net positive for, for Freeze and Auburn right there. It kind of felt like somebody or somebody's pushed back on that like hey you you, you got to do something different you can't just put the gang back together at auburn it doesn't you're not going to get forever he's got the best agent in the business and i have a suspicion again i don't know this i have a suspicion that that the agent had to get involved and help him put a staff together which is one of the reasons you pay that agent to be your agent well and in, in, in which he said and i guess in his defense that jimmy was going to help I mean that was in the in the press conference. Yeah, and and look, Jimmy knows everybody, and and Montgomery's a, like you said, a really solid offensive coach who did an okay job at Tulsa. If you go back and look at the Ole Miss Tulsa game, Tulsa had a really good plan for Ole Miss that day. Um, and I don't know the I don't know the dynamics at Baylor, but it was almost kind of odd. Roberts was fired from Baylor. He didn't do a bad job at all. He did a good job. Yeah, I think Aranda. Look. <laughs> Had Lane Kiffin left Ole Miss, I think Dave Aranda was going to push for the Ole Miss job. I think I think he is looking for a reset, and I think he's at Baylor, and so he's decided to reset a little bit. They took a step back, and when you're the head coach, sometimes even if you're not – even the people that you let go, it's not 
a sign that you don't like them or that you don't think they're good. It's just, Hey, we, we need to refresh. We need to put new blood in the system. And I have a suspicion. That's what that was. Pretty good off season for former Delta state head coaches. You had Ron Roberts, who was the Delta state head coach for a while, uh, 2007, 2011, he catches on. And then Jamie Chadwell making a lot more money suddenly at Liberty. He was the Delta state head coach in 2012. So, um, Kind of back-to-back guys there. That have... Oh, look at you putting that together. That's pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I, my, my obscure college football knowledge today is not terrible. It's like I'm what money did Chad? What money did Chad will get it? Uh, they paid him like four, maybe or something. Oh, he got a four hundred percent raise. Good for him. Was he really making a million? He was making a million. No wonder he said whatever they wanted him to say at the podium that day. I mean. Because he absolutely just said whatever they wanted him to say at the podium that day. For a 400% raise, there's a lot of things I'd say. <laughs> yes, that, that is that is exactly right. He got a uh, he got a four, a four million annual salary through 2030 is what Liberty is doing with Jamie Chadwell. So an eight-year deal? Yeah. Good to be Jamie Chadwell. You know what's amazing is that we hear these numbers and we're like, wow. And then those numbers compared to like what Major League Baseball players are getting in free agency, those numbers well, are, point. are meaningless. Like the, the Japanese pitcher, Singa, uh, Kodai Singa, I think is how you say his name, gets five years for $75 million with the Mets. And the reaction from most of Major League Baseball was, wow, they got him cheap. Like $75 million. The way we have changed that over the years and how that money has altered what we believe to be expensive or cheap or anything else. I mean, it really is startling. Um, I mean, it's not that long. I mean, and, and I know it's 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 a long time because, I mean, it's it's been whatever. But in, in some ways, it's not that long ago that baseball had its first $100 million contract total. That was Kevin Brown in 1998. Wow. I mean, we're not that far away. From I mean, where we, where we are today, value. where we are today for context, this is, I think this is fascinating because it got brought up yesterday. And at first I was like, wait, what? And then I went, oh, you're right. A year ago, the consensus feeling is that the Cubs could have signed Carlos Correa out of free agency for a 10-year, $300 million deal. Okay? Mm-hmm. They didn't. They, 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 they did not have a taste for those years. 10 years, $300 million would have been an absolute breathtaking contract. One year later, one year later, that won't even come close to getting it done. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The consensus now is it's probably more... The years don't really matter because no one's expecting these people to be contributing at the very end of these contracts. But now the consensus is it's 350 to get it done. And it's why in some ways we're right. And in some ways we waste our breath when we talk about the health of a sport because regionally it's incredibly lucrative. Regionally they're making a ton of money and they can pay these kind of contracts and they're cool, they're good, no issues. Who really gives a crap in some ways? It doesn't matter right now. It might matter eventually, but it doesn't matter today. Isn't it interesting? Because if, if, I, if I tell you, hey, which sport's healthier, the NFL or Major League Baseball, without hesitation, you say, oh, the NFL. The NFL. But if I tell you, hey, you can either be a star in the NFL or a star in Major League Baseball, which would you rather be? It's not even a question. You don't even think about it. You go, oh, God, make me a baseball player. I mean, I, it doesn't, and it doesn't, I mean, I can play center field. I can play shortstop. I can pitch. I can catch. You pick. The backup catcher on a major league baseball team might be the best job in sports. It might be better than the backup quarterback. I mean, Wilson Contreras signs with the Cardinals for, I think, $87.5 million over five years. Wilson Contreras, his, his former team had no interest in re-signing him. The market for him was Two, three teams? And listen, I, I'm, I'm happy for Wilson because I'm a big fan. He gets $17.5 million. And most people will tell you that defensively he's a bad catcher. Mm-hmm. $17.5 million. How many people in the NFL are making $17.5 plus? I mean, I some. Some, but I mean, yeah. It's, if you can grow up to be a baseball player. Go be one. Go be one. Yeah. Chase your dreams. Yeah. Jeez, man, it's unbelievable. Podcast brought to you in part by Prime Shrimp. PrimeShrimp.com. Seven different flavors now. Be delivered directly to your door, including their most recent one, their New Orleans-style barbecue shrimp. Take advantage of that. It's a great recent option there that is uh, pretty versatile, but you know exactly what you're getting with that New Orleans-style. It's one of my favorite ones, along with the signature and the uh, the spicy Louisiana shrimp bowl option as well. 
They also have their two-pound bags of individually frozen shrimp. You can get those much like with the grocery store, except a higher-quality shrimp from the New Orleans-based company. Use code MPW for $20 off your first order. Again, that's primeshrimp.com. We're also brought to you by Solutions RX. It's a probiotic multivitamin supplement company created by Ole Miss Pharmacy alum Chris Cornelison. It's pharmaceutical grade, manufactured right here inside Mississippi. Uh, if you take lots of medications like, you know, diabetes medication, high blood pressure medication, cholesterol medications, they cause side effects like muscle pain, brain fog, energy loss. Uh, Chris formulated a product called Prescription Support. Puts those vitamins back in your body, helps with side effects, keeps you more compliant taking your medications, helps you stay healthier over the long term. SolutionsRx.com, promo code OEP at checkout. Get 10% off your first order. Uh, Game Changer Patches are the only two-patch system available in the market to stop hangovers before they start. The warm-up patch used before while you drink. The overtime patch used after you've been drinking to recover while you sleep. The all-natural ingredients will keep you in the game. Ready for the next play? Go to GameChangerPatch.com, promo code REBELGROVE20 at checkout for 20% off your purchase. ACS is owned by Clay McNutt in Baldwin, Mississippi. It's a complete electrical control system solution provider and a Rockwell Automation Recognized System Integrator. ACS has a full-time, dedicated emergency service and troubleshooting staff and a UL 508A panel shop. It can custom tailor software packages, custom design electrical control panel solutions, and much more. It's ACSLLCMS.com or call 662-601-4381. I was in Lamons Fine Jewelry the other day um, doing uh, doing some work for a uh, elf that I know. Uh, it's 1126 North Lamar Boulevard in Oxford. Lamon's been serving the Oxford area for about 75 years. Engagement rings, wedding rings, fine jewelry, watches, pearls, fashion jewelry, you name it, they've got it at Lamon's. It's the gold standard in fine jewelry. Visit them at lamonsfinejewelry.com or call them at 662-234-2777. I was in uh, Clinton on Saturday afternoon. My buddy Martin Palomo uh, was there as well. He and I host um, Mind on My Money. It's brought to you by Pinnacle. Uh, Pinnacle is based in Madison, Mississippi, actually based in Jackson. Now they uh, represent clients in more than 20 states. They've got advisors in multiple states. They provide detailed, specialized investment management, financial planning, retirement planning for individuals and businesses, and much, much more. It's mypinwealth.com, M-Y-P-I-N-N wealth.com. I guess that's brought to you by Johnston Hill Creamery. It's johnstonhillcreamery.com. You can order a lot of their items directly from the website. They also have a great Instagram page where you see videos and photos of many of their specialties. They make all their cheeses locally and in-house every day and take advantage of their holiday menu. That is their holiday artisanal cheese box. They've got their charcuterie box, which is my favorite, the cookies for Santa. Go ahead and let take care of uh, the big guy coming up here in a couple weeks as well. Three different flavors making up that dozen of cookies or a kid's box. They have they make great teacher's gifts and more there with Johnson Hill Creamery. So that's johnsonhillcreamery.com. Again, 662-419-9201. You know, the interesting thing before I move back to football and that Kevin Brown deal in 98 is that they gave him seven years at a time when years seemed to matter more in the late 90s than they do now. And he was 33, 34 years old. It's a big contract for a guy that did break down from an arm standpoint in a couple of years. I mean, you can argue whether yeah. it was the right or wrong deal in some ways, but he was never going to stay healthy through the entirety of that contract at all. Um Malone, who was the Dodgers GM at the time, 
kind of defended it and bristled at people in the years past, talking about how Piazza had just signed for $91, $92 million right before that, and that the $100 million was kind of arbitrary. He doesn't think it's fair to, to point out that contract as this one that's so different than the others that was going on at the time, even though he did sort of kind of outbid it against himself just to make a splash, if you will. Um, you know what's it also included it included twelve charter flights for his family from Georgia to LA every season. Little tidbit there. That's like a Lane Kiffin clause right there. It is. Yeah. You know what's interesting about the contracts now is that the teams aren't afraid of the years mm. with guys that are in their thirties because frankly, nutrition is so different now. The training is so different now. Guys are are staying in shape longer later. And they look at an athlete like the Phillies do. They look at Trey Turner and go, you know, when he's 38, is he going to be a major league shortstop? Probably not. Could he play third? Sure. Could he go to second? Maybe. Could he play first at that point in his career? The odds are at 38, Trey Turner's going to still be in phenomenal shape because of the way that athletes train and and what they put in their bodies and what they don't put in their bodies and that kind of thing as opposed to a generation ago yeah little news coming in this is not a shock uh brett mcmurphy tweeting out there's growing sentiment and momentum for ou in texas to leave the big 12 early and join the sec in 2024 sources tell action network there still remains obstacles for it to occur, but climate is right, in quotes, and a decision can be reached by next month. Ross Dellinger follows up for that and says, for weeks there's been growing momentum from the Big 12 to reach a deal with Texas and OU to allow them to exit for the SEC a year early in 2024, but nothing is necessarily imminent. Negotiations go beyond money and include TV network inventory, which is a real obstacle. Um, McMurphy with a story on it there on the, uh, the Action Network. The current grant of rights for the Big 12 is set to expire July 1st, 2025, in anticipation for the 2025 season. But nobody really wanted to play games with the new teams coming into the Big 12 soon and with Texas and Oklahoma exiting after that. It seems that everybody sort of has it in their best interest to go ahead and move because you've got the Big 10 except growing. For, uh, except for, except yes. for the TV people. Yes. Which the is TV a people. The TV people actually very much do want that year, one more year mm -hmm. with Texas and Oklahoma in the inventory. Yes. Sources indicated several factors. One, the likelihood of an early move has increased. The Big Ten grows to 16 with USC and UCLA in 2024, coinciding with the first year of the college football playoffs expansion to 12 teams. The Big 12 decided to add four teams in 2023, even before OU and UT um, remain – even though that, that's whatever they're remaining in the league. Uh, the big 12 securing its new media rights deal as well. Uh, let's see, looking through these real quickly. How everyone is made whole is obviously the biggest sticking point for all parties because big 12 bylaws by require Oklahoma and Texas to pay an exit fee in the sum of the league's distribution for two years, which is about 84 million per school. Historically, when a school leaves the conference, the exit fee is negotiated down to about 60%, meaning OU and Texas could possibly get out for about $50 million each. Um, in 2020, the SEC signed a 10-year media rights deal with ESPN worth around $300 million. The deal starts in 2024 and includes a prorated clause requiring ESPN to pay the SEC the same amount per school for any new members. We've all talked about that. They'll just make more pie if the teams are the one uh, – are ones that they they want, but as you said, 
the quote here, ESPN has all the keys to the castle for this to happen because there is tons of TV movement that would be required through Fox, through SEC, through ESPN, through Big 12. There are all sorts of stuff. It is a uh, it, it's a veritable mess, frankly. When when you look at it and read it here, again, this is on Action Network by McMurphy's story. He did a really good job laying it all out. But how to offset it, figure out what to do with TV games here and there and everything else, it's a it, it's a it, it's a definite 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 mess. So yeah, someone's probably going to have to put some money in Fox's pocket. I mean to make it happen, but I I've said this for a while. I anticipate that this will happen. I think this season coming up will be the last one where the SEC has a 14-team, two-division format. I think that's it. So and the Big 12 will have 14 teams next year because they are going ahead and adding BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF. Yeah, and <laughs> Texas and OU want out. They're not super eager to get out right now because they're not ready to compete in the SEC. Look at Oklahoma. O Oklahoma would have trouble in the SEC right now. I mean, we talked about this even beyond just a football on the field standpoint. You look at their NIL numbers are really low. Um, they've been publicly low. They've talked about how they've got goals that would not put them anywhere near the top half of the SEC in, in pay-per-play money at this point. Um you know, I, I talked to multiple admin people and writers from Oklahoma when I was in Omaha in, in June talking about they just needed time. That from a facility standpoint, an infrastructure standpoint, tons of things were not to the level that would be needed in the SEC to compete in the upper echelon of that league. And they had this weird year on the field. It, it's Oklahoma, both of them to a degree, but yeah, as you said, especially Oklahoma. They, they they need about 24 months to sort of get their house in order. And it's not in order right now. And now, look, what does it mean if you don't have your house quite in order when you jump into the league? Does that really have some huge impact on things? I don't know. You can make an argument either way, I guess. But if you've got to pay $84 million and you're not ready, it's hard to believe Oklahoma is just raising its hand and going, yeah, where do I write the check, I guess is my point. In, in a perfect world, people move. But in some ways, you almost kind of feel like they – while they don't want to play that conference game against BYU or that conference game in Orlando against UCF, it might be worth it to take your time and breathe and, and save a little cash while you're doing so. I just don't I, – it may happen, but there's some hangups here that if they jump, they're jumping early simply to go ahead and get it done, not because it's in their best interest. Yeah, I, I think ultimately they'll start in 2024, but – if you told me that people inside those buildings from a competitive standpoint, from a preparation standpoint, from just being ready, a readiness standpoint, if you told me that they would rather wait another year and go through the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Being in the big 12 as publicly known to be exiting soon has made them public enemies. Number one and two, mm -hmm. and everyone hates them. And everywhere they go, it's not particularly pleasant. Um, I, and I think they'd like to get away from that part of it. Because, look, when Texas leaves the Big 12 and suddenly makes a trip to Florida, for example, at worst, they're just going to sort of be a curiosity. I mean, nobody's going to be like, oh, I hate these guys. Oh, it's true. 
you know, right now when they go to Texas Tech or when they go to Baylor or when they go to Oak State or whatever, everybody hates them. I mean, you you announced publicly that you're leaving for a prettier girl. And you still got to go to prom. Yeah, we're going to prom. I mean, this is not going to go well. Um, so there's some of that, but Oklahoma went six and six this season. What would they have done with an SEC schedule? Aren't good. And look, I've been beating this drum, but even if I'm wrong, you know, in there they have to go. Hey, is Venables the guy? Is this is this is this going to work? Is this who's going to lead our program into this next phase? Well, the dude, the, the coach that just left, he did all right. He went to USC. They went ten and two, or eleven, 11 and, and two. two. Yeah. Eleven yeah. and two. Quarterback who left you won the Heisman. They're recruiting. And he was a, much better than he looked when he was with you. And they're recruiting at a really high level out there because they've got the NIL going. And now they're about to jump into the Big Ten. And look, USC's going to be able to flex some muscles in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Um, Oklahoma, different boat. And now you look at, if you're Oklahoma even, you look over at Texas and you're like, okay, they beat the pants off of us. And, yeah, they suffered some losses. But at the end of the season, it kind of looked like Sarkeesian was getting a little bit of momentum. I don't want to overdo it, but a little bit of momentum. They finished pretty strong. They were fine, and I mean that in an above-average good way. They were okay. Yeah, yeah you go, all right, sure. But sure. but at the end of the year, you're like, you know, they they were okay, and, and they almost beat Alabama. At home, I mean they they were they were closer to having a special season than they were to a train wreck. Um, like they lost to Texas Tech in overtime, could have easily won that game. Um, and they're recruiting at a pretty high level. You know, they got Arch Manning and stuff like that. Guys that Oklahoma's not getting. If you're Texas, you probably right now have a little more confidence going into the SEC than Oklahoma does, without a doubt. And boy, if Oklahoma, if it goes badly, as long as Mike Gundy's at Oklahoma State and it goes badly, every week you're going to be reminded because the people at Oklahoma State are going to remind you of, ha ha, it's not working out, is it, fellas? I think Texas is going to be okay. I do. I mean, Texas kind of has the infrastructure to be at least okay. When I say that, I don't mean winning the league or competing for national championships or anything, but you tell me Texas walked into the SEC and went eight and four in their regular season and kind of was at least competitive year one. I'd buy it. I think you would too. But look, Texas has a ton of resources. Texas, if it can, and again, it's a big if. It's never done it. I mean, hell, you're watching A&M still to this day where money is not all that matters because they keep screwing it up. Alabama finally got out of the way. I mean, Texas has enough resources where somebody goes, hey, look, nope, they finally did this and this and this, and they got out of the damn way. If somebody told you Texas won a national title in the next 10 years, you wouldn't be blown away by that. No, not even a little bit. I mean, once they get in the SEC and mind their own and and really start doing what they need to do, that's kind of my point. Excuse me. My point is that Sarkeesian, there are some signs that that's indeed what, what they're doing. There are some signs that they're kind of leaving him alone compared to how they've harassed other coaches. 
I mean, I'm sure there's still boosters that are all involved and stuff, but there are some signs that, hey, we're going to let you do your thing. That's 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 at least possible. And, um, you know, that's that's probably, again, if you're Texas, that's a good sign. And if you're Oklahoma, you do wonder at this point, is Venables the guy? A little, it, it's too early to go, oh, no, he's not the guy. But it's also too early. There's nothing that's, that's happened that you go, oh, yeah, we're good. He's fine. And then, you know, like, where does Oklahoma fall if, let's say, Venables was not the guy and a year from now, two years, three years from now, you move on, where does the Oklahoma job fall in the pecking order? Ooh. Five years ago, five years ago, it's a top 10, top five job. Sure. No question about it. But if they can't figure NIL out and you're in the SEC with a bunch of programs that have, where do you where do you sit as a as a job? I mean, how attractive is your gig? And I don't know the answer to that. But if I'm them, that's a question I've got that I need to get squared away. Look, the Big Twelve propped them up in some ways. The Big Twelve also hindered them in some ways because Oklahoma and Texas had so many more facility advantages, so many more institutional advantages, and these things that. They were keeping up nationally, but there are things they're having to do that they didn't have to do over there. And I think in some ways they were able to look around and go, God, we're so far ahead of everybody else in this league that it's okay. You don't have the same momentum. You don't have the same pressure on you to expand and develop, especially for Oklahoma, because they were winning. They were getting to the playoff. They they were convincing themselves they just had to win that one more game. They just had to do this one thing. They, they would, you know, whatever. Yeah. And no, when you look back, you go, no, maybe if you were in the SEC, you would have gone nine and three instead of twelve and zero. But something's like, happened, right? Though, because it wasn't that long ago that they played that classic game against Georgia in the Rose Bowl. Yeah, it was a great football game. I mean, in all fairness, to, in all fairness to the Rose Bowl, they're like, yeah, I know. See, we're that's what that's that's why we fought so hard. It was was that Baker? Off at, yeah, it was Baker Mayfield, yeah. and and uh, it was the Georgia team that. Can't lost remember. in overtime. Lost in overtime. That's right. So it was like, or maybe it was the, the 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 game that they that they put the backup in and that whole deal. It was that yeah. game. Maybe it wasn't overtime, but whatever. Yeah. It was. Yeah. So you have uh, that w- that wasn't that long ago. I mean, I know in the world news cycle we, we live in, it might as well be the dinosaur age. But if you think about it, it wasn't that long ago, and. On that night, if you'd stopped time and said, where's this Where's this Oklahoma program? You would have said, unquestionably, a top five national program. Mm-hmm. And no one would have argued with you. And a short period later, they're, they're not that anymore. I mean, one could argue that Oklahoma is threatening mediocrity at this point. Well, even then, they had a hard time recruiting defense. That was always the shtick was they couldn't they couldn't play defense. They couldn't figure that part out. And now their coach is worse and their quarterback's worse. Well, if I'm bad on defense and I have an average quarterback and I have an average coach, You're it average. doesn't take much to go from a top five job to a middle of the pack in whatever league job. I mean, that's that's what you have right there. I mean, it, it, it it's – so I guess that's my question. Is it just simply, hey, they've had some misses and things and that's what this is, or is it much bigger than that? And – the SEC is going to put a magnifying glass on the issues that they have 
feels bigger than that. And when you get in the SEC, if 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 you're mediocre, you get exposed. Mediocre teams in this league get beat. Yeah. Arkansas says hi. No one watched Arkansas this season and said, oh, they're bad. No. Weren't good on defense. They were pretty good on offense. Had a good quarterback. Had a great running back. Had a pretty good offensive front. They went six and six. They did. I mean, that's mediocre. And I think they're a good example. Struggled on defense. Had an elite running back. Sanders could play for anybody. He's a stud. Um, good offensive front. Same five dude. Played a bunch. The center, uh, uh, I can't think of his name. Stromberg, I think. Stromberg. Stromberg is an NFL player. Uh, really good player. Had good coaches. Barry Odom, Kendall Bryles. Good coaches. Program had been in place for a little while. Coming off of a good season. Not a great one, but a good one. And they go six and six. I mean, and if Oklahoma had played Arkansas this season, I think I'd bet on Arkansas. Well, even beyond that, if you just line the two rosters up next to each other and you went, hey, who wins that game? Arkansas. I think Arkansas wins. Yeah. I mean, because they would have had had the best defensive player on the field in Sanders, and they would have had the best offensive player on the field in in, uh, Drew Sanders and then Rocket Sanders, the two Sanderses. Sure. And then Arkansas did beat the hell out of Texas last year. To a pulp. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be an interesting – Like I said, it's just the intensity. I mean, we go over and over and over and over again, but that's it too. It's not even about the one game. It's that, okay, now you got to go to Starkville. Now you're going to Auburn. Okay, now you got to play Kentucky. Okay, well, good luck. Well, you saw it with Ole Miss, right? I mean, even with the Kiffin stuff. If you, Even if you'd thrown the Kiffin stuff out, if the Kiffin thing hadn't existed, just throw it away. Lane Kiffin and Auburn, that conversation never, never happened. Ole Miss plays Alabama this super emotional game. Down to the wire, ball in the air with the chance to win it in the final minute, lose. Then you got to go play Arkansas. And their senior night in Fayetteville, and it's cold. And you kind of act like it's cold, and they act like, no, this is what we want. And they kick your ass. And then you turn around five days later, and you got to play Mississippi State. I mean, that's the league. It's always been the league, and that's the part that I don't think they're prepared for until they get into it. Yeah. Podcast brought to you in part by Northeast Spark, N-E-S-P-R-C. Two packages, the Ignite, the 100 Mbps, or the Blaze, the 1 Gig, the Powers, the Clark Ford Studio. Your hometown team bringing you world-class broadband. That's nespark.com, 662-238-3159. Phone service, pro controls, network security, and much more. So call the office for details. Get the best run internet in Lafayette County. Also, parts of Union and Pontotoc counties, if you did not previously have internet there. So, again, that's 662-238-3159. I leave on the road to Boise on Friday afternoon. That was all planned and coordinated by my friend John Edwards at Regency Travel Incorporated in Memphis. You can do the same thing. Get in touch with John. Just say, hey, here's what we're looking to do. Here's our budget. That's an important part, by the way. It's your budget. Just tell him. He's not going to go announce it to the world, but tell him, helps him plan your trip. We gave John a specific budget, like down to the dollar, and um, he booked our trip. It's uh, Jay Edwards at regencytravel.net, 901-494-3387. Tell him you heard about it on the podcast, and you get $50 off your first booked trip. Uh, Oxford's newest Greek restaurant on the square is the perfect place to plan your Christmas party. 
featuring fabulous food and uh, craft libations. Let OPA host your company dinner or festive party event. OPA can accommodate up to 200 guests. For catering or booking information, contact Jeannie, 601-421-7147. I'll have a mailbag up on Wednesday at rebelgrove.com. It's brought to you by Whitney McNutt of Tommy Morgan Incorporated Realtors, serving you for all your real estate needs in Oxford and Tupelo. She sells condos, land, commercial, and residential family homes. You can reach her at 662-567-2573 or 662-842-3844. Uh, we'll have our bowl picks on Neil's picks up on Saturday is the plan. It's brought to you by Service Specialist Staffing and Recruiting Agency. They've been connecting great job opportunities to candidates since 1967. If you're on the job hunt, whether you're seeking an entry-level position or you're a seasoned professional, they have opportunities across the board. They can help you. Um, if you're looking to hire quality, hard-to-find talent, they can help your company as well. It's uh Payment of service solely contingent on if you decide to hire a candidate that they send, 662-832-5138 or servicespecialistltd.com. Don't just accept what you see, but imagine something new. Step forward, chase after a better version of yourself. Every day, Corinth Dental is helping people reinvent themselves one smile at a time. Dr. Bubba McQueen, Dr. Jenny Beth Hendrick are devoted to restoring and enhancing the natural beauty of your smile using conservative state-of-the-art procedures, including Invisalign. These clear aligners are the virtually invisible way to improve your smile. Call Corinth Dental today for a no-cost digital scan of your teeth. Let them show you the way to a straighter, healthier smile. 12 months, no interest, no down payment. Financing is available at CorinthDental.com. And if you're a displaced corporate executive, you're wanting to put your career in your own hands. Maybe you're an experienced entrepreneur who's looking to diversify. Contact Andy Ledecky. He can help you. He's a longtime Rivals board member, a diehard college football fan, franchise veteran. He owns multiple franchises and businesses. He uses his expertise to help others find their American dream through a very thorough and free consultation process. Call Andy. Put your life and career in your own hands. It's 100% free, so you have nothing to lose. It's uh, myperfectfranchise.net, Andy at myperfectfranchise.net, or 404-973-9901. We'll do a lot more NFL tomorrow, but is there a world where Brock Purdy takes Garoppolo's job? Um, yeah, the NFL's a results job, a results business, and he gets results. He plays great. I mean, the whole mystery. So you want to run, and Garoppolo's back healthy in the playoffs. And now, what's the news on uh, his name's nineteen? Debo got hurt. Samuel. Yeah, Debo Samuel. How how bad? Uh, ankle sprain. That's it. What I've read. God, I would have bet that he tore everything in his knee and ankle up. I'll confirm, but yeah, I think I saw ankle sprain. Well, if that's the case, man, first of all, kudos to his genetics. Kudos to the 16 hours ago, Kyle Shanahan says Debo Samuel likely suffered high ankle sprain. Wow. So he could be back for the playoffs. Yeah, sure. They're the biggest threat to the Eagles. They're legitimately good. Now the Eagles are good. Eagles are really good. What did the Bills do yesterday? Uh, beat the Jets 20-12. to 12. Mike White got knocked out of the game twice, but came back in both times. Tough as hell. 
Yeah, I like that. I like that dude. Played really well. Or not, was a gamer. Let's put it that way. Chiefs Jets won. coach after the game guaranteeing that they'll see Buffalo again, meaning in the playoffs. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> um, Chiefs look good at Denver. Denver's awful. Denver middle run. Actually, you know what? What what sucked if you were a Denver fan was Wilson played his best game yesterday. Then you know he got knocked out there late with a concussion, or what I'm assuming to be a concussion. But he actually played a pretty good game yesterday. I thought. Um, okay, so I, I I never even watched the end of that. I flipped to the other games. Um, yeah. Bengals Bengals look good again yesterday. Beat Cleveland. Uh, Bengals are playing better on defense than they get credit for. They're a threat. Uh, yeah, real quick. Yeah, the Chiefs only won 34-28. Oh. Denver made a big comeback. Well, this is hot take since I didn't see the game, but just hearing the scores, you got to start wondering if Kansas City is the third best team in the AFC. Behind Buffalo and Cincinnati? Yeah. Buffalo is worrying me from a Super Bowl winning standpoint just without Von Miller. That loss is huge. It will pop up at some point. Um, they're still good. They were fine. They were a little sluggish yesterday, but they get the win. I mean, the Jets are a pretty good football team at this point. Buffalo and Cincinnati still play one another in Buffalo, I think, later in the year. Really? That's going to that's gonna be an interesting game. Um, the Chargers kind of pulled it out, but the Dolphins looked like raw hell yesterday. They were really bad. Um, they got beat 23-17, but Tua had a terrible football game. Um, I'm not ready to declare Tua a Super Bowl quarterback. I'm. I got He's kind of like Dak Prescott a little bit for me. They're going to have to go win playoff games before okay. I believe. Go win in Cincinnati, and we'll talk. Yeah, go go win in Cincinnati in the cold against Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Go go win in Buffalo. Go win in Kansas City, and then we'll we'll, we'll have a conversation. Now I'll tell you how to – I assume the score held. If you're the Titans yesterday. Yes. Oof. 36-22 final. You're against Jacksonville. If you're the Titans, you're soul-searching a little right now. Like, you're not a Super Bowl contender. No. At all. At all. And this thing, your window's starting to close. It is. Fast. Eagles scored a boatload of points, 48-22 over the Giants yesterday. Ravens squeaked it out over the Steelers, 16-14. That was a big I'm, win. I, I, I'm selling with. more and more of the Ravens, but I do understand it was a big win. Yeah, no Lamar Jackson. That helped. Yeah. I mean, that, that didn't help, but that from a validating standpoint, you're like, okay, hey, we'll take it. But they're not as good as the Bengals. They still got to play the Bengals. And they're those plucky Detroit Lions winning at home 34 23 over the Minnesota Vikings yesterday. Did you watch the any Lions of that? six and seven? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Detroit, man. I think we all sort of fell in love with the whole, you know, shtick before the season with the HBO thing. But the truth is they all that stuff is pretty real. That's kind of their kind of their culture. They're tough. They're hard-nosed. Aiden Hutchinson's a terrific NFL player. They're legit. Like, to the point where if you're them, I can't believe I'm saying this. If you could shore up a few things around Jared Goff, you might be okay. 
What do you define as okay? Win the NFC North. Okay. Sure. I mean, I mean, the Packers are on the way down. Nothing says the Bears are winning the division anytime soon. No, and the Vikings are right there, but you just played them. Yeah. Look, golf is not a bad quarterback. No, he's okay. And he does some good things. Now, you've got to surround him with a lot of talent, but if you don't feel like you have to go invest a gazillion dollars in the quarterback and you're willing to let him be your guy, you might be able to do that. You might be able to surround him with enough talent to shore it up. Yeah. Last thing, one that uh, probably was a pretty big focus of Ole Miss fans yesterday, uh, Centarian Perkins kind of reaffirming his commitment to 100% on uh, on social media. So it uh, looks like Ole Miss has fought off Alabama in that pursuit of Perkins at this point. Um he just showed out in uh, the Mississippi Alabama All Star Week. He was incredibly yeah. good. He was he was He's drawing good. he was drawing comparisons to another Perkins that played pretty well here this past season in the SEC. God, can you imagine if he has that kind of impact? <laughs> yeah, Harold yeah. Perkins was a badass. Um, you know, he looked awfully good. Uh, Aiden Williams had a good week. Um, if you're Ole Miss. I know Perkins is not an early enrollee, but if you're Ole Miss, you want his signature on the yes. line in December on the 22nd. Yeah. Go ahead and call this a day. 21st, yeah. right? 21st, 22nd, whatever. Yeah, I think it's the 22nd, which, God, man. Move that thing up, people. Yes. Let's, do we need it that close to Christmas? Like next year, it's going to be on the 23rd? I mean, is that, that feels ridiculous. That's, have yeah. some respect. And by the way, this whole stuff about announcing something on Christmas Day, cool. Have it has it. happened before. It has happened before, but unlike that Christmas when I got up and wrote it, this Christmas is going to be, ah, he tweeted it. There you go. That was Carlton, right? Yeah. Yeah. Carlton Martin, Madison Central, defensive lineman. Yeah, you'd like to look back and go, was it worth it? Could have done that. Could have done that the next day. Could have, you know. It was like seven fifteen on Christmas morning. Yeah, and if you're gonna do that, you got to give people the quotes ahead of time. Let them have the yeah. story ready where they just punch a button. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, all right. Last thing, where are we at with Eastern Michigan? How how in, how indebted are we to that program? And thank you, I'm uh, I'm a huge fan. Um, we have p- partnered. I expect some things to arrive as early as today from the fine people at Eastern Michigan. They are wonderful people. Um, we had a great conversation. They recruited me. I committed. Um, that commitment is firm. It's 100%. No interviews. Um, I don't know what all gear is being sent. I'm, I'm hoping that there's a jersey in there. Uh, that would be good because I promised to wear it. And so if, if it arrives, I will start wearing my Eastern Michigan jersey forthwith. But uh, they have they have submitted on my behalf uh, a sideline pass request Ooh. Uh, with the uh, famous potato bowl. And so um, if that happens, hopefully there's access to the heaters. And um, at which point our relationship will um, will go to the next level. How how long do you have to wear the jersey? I promise to wear it for a month, and if it a keeps month. Me, 
if it keeps me warm, I will, I will wear it for a month. I have no problem with that. I mean, you know, it's, it's an Adidas Jersey. I mean, how, how bad could it look on me? How bad could I make it look? Well, that's, that's, that's debatable. I feel like um, we're not talking badly about Adidas this week. No, no, are you kidding me? All the good programs wear Adidas. Um, you know, I mean, uh, no, it's all good. This is a battle to both of these teams in this game. Uh, I don't know if I've told you. I don't know if I've told you how much I hate San Jose State. I've hated them all of my life. So this is a huge game. So a big rivalry game in Boise, and and um, looking forward to helping the Eagles sort of victory. Okay. Hopefully we are back at our normal uh, time slot video and all that stuff tomorrow morning. I should be a little better by then, I think. And uh, the studio hopefully be uh, ready to go as well. But we we're waiting on we're waiting on some we're waiting on some dummy batteries. And it is my understanding that they are scheduled to arrive uh, by today. 6 p.m. today. So they'll either be installed this evening or they will be installed very early tomorrow because the uh, people at vault entertainment who have helped um, with all of this, they are planning to be on site for our first, at least one live stream together so that they can troubleshoot any issues that might pop up because probably there will be some issues that pop up. It's a lot of new equipment, but um, I think it sounds better. Don't you already? It does sound better. Yes. The sound is much better. So, I mean, that's considering the majority of our stuff is actually podcast and not live stream. That's a, a win already. But from a live stream standpoint, I think you guys are going to really like it. Uh, we're still waiting on some background stuff that will just be aesthetics that are, is coming in on uh, Wednesday. So uh, it'll be it's going to be a little while before we have it exactly the way that we want it. But I think you're going to be pleased. And for us over the long term, I think we're going to enjoy having more space. Yeah. Well, that was getting really crowded in that room and there was no place to put anything. There was ergonomically, it just was becoming burdensome. And I think we've alleviated the majority of that. Yeah. So podcast on Tuesday in some form or another, hopefully in the, uh, the normal way. So appreciate you guys, wherever you are, check rebelgrove.com in the meantime, and we will talk to you tomorrow. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.